0: Welcome to the InVino Fab podcast. I'm Laura.
1: And I'm Patrice.
0: InVino Fabula means in wine story, and there are so many tales that need to be told about women from all walks of life and their communities paired with wine, of course. The InVino Fab pod is a place to learn and a space to share stories about work, interests, passion projects, issues, and random wine facts. Tis the season to be burned out. Fa la 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 la. La, la. la. <laughs> Patrice. la la. It's December, the end of 2020. How, how are you? Um, I would say I'm tired. And um,
1: my last day of work this year is Friday. Oh, actually, I take that back. It's, it's tomorrow. Um, I, have one, I have one more day before I'm off until the new year. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. And I um, have been very intentional, um, starting back in Thanksgiving, of making sure that I communicated to my team that when they are off for those two weeks, there is no expectation that they are working, doing any work in support of faculty and they should turn off Teams, turn off Slack and not read their email. But in parallel to that, it's also been important to make sure faculty know that staff are off during that time because, you know, most of our or many of our faculty are probably planning to work over break to get their courses ready for spring term. So we started early on making sure that we communicated out to the faculty that we were working with, you know, just to let you know, this is when staff go on vacation So that they could plan. And, you know, at like I include it in meeting agendas, you know, in different places just to make sure that that message is being communicated and that we're all on the same page. And we've also worked really hard to make sure that if we do have a teaching team that wants to work over break, that we position them well, right? So that they can be productive during that time, you know, and then we can pick up when we get back. Um, Because like many teams, um, my team is just, we've worked really, really hard for the last, what, eight months and people are just exhausted.
0: Yeah. I think it's a, it's a weird time of year. Um, Usually it's a time of year you kind of can wind down and reflect, but I feel like people are coming into the end of December and the end of 2020, Mm -hmm. like flat out, like just, I, I just think of like, (laughs) people passing on a couch meme like that's them at this point um good for you for telling your teams to take the time and space i i miss my higher ed academia vacation i'm not off until um i and i chose this till uh, the 25th is my first day off of december and i'm taking the time when most people might be taking more time for quietness to work on some projects and deep dive into some things so I don't mind that but mm. I think it's it's right we even kind of I think in every industry in every space um, education importantly both higher ed k-12 there's been a lot of grinding out and figuring out and changing at the last minute so I can only imagine um, how tired some folks are and yeah. maybe they've been so resilient and persistent they ha- they haven't had a pause to think about how much mm. they've worked and what they've done this year so um, I was really feeling it when I read your article on uh, the burned out stories of compassion fatigue that yourself and Whitney Kilgore, other friend of the pod wrote uh, earlier this year. Um, tell me a little bit about kind of where this came from and we will share a link to this in the show notes, but I, I kind of want to hear a little bit about what initiated besides you being exhausted um, this article writing.
1: Yeah. So um, late, Previous to this article, I wrote an article about burnout in the learn, you know, for learning designers in the pre-COVID world. And when we, you know, made that initial pivot, um, I mean, everybody just dug in, right? Like, we're, you know, everybody did what they needed to do to make it happen. It was very fast. We you know people were had, you know, a couple of weeks, if that, to, you know, to transition things. And, you know, once we got through the spring semester and we started prepping for fall, you know, one of my concerns was we got the work done. And so the perception would be, oh, like the team got the work done, so we don't need any additional people and we can keep piling this work on people. And everyone was exhausted, right? People had not taken any time off and in in several months and there was no end in sight because it was immediately preparing for preparing for the fall semester and as you know I was talking to different colleagues and people I knew about their experiences I mean the themes that were coming out were just people were in tears at the end of the day they were working days nights weekends And there was a definite theme of, you know, it's because we care, right? But people go into these professions because they care so deeply about the faculty and the students that they they work with. And so as I started hearing these stories, I felt that it was important to start a conversation about it so that, you know, so that people could feel like their voice and their concerns were being heard and we could start to try and think about solutions for it. And you know, try and get people's support, you know, as they moved into the um, fall semester. However, you might note that um I, th- I think that Whitney and I started working on this article in maybe June or July, and it just published in December. so, that also gives you a window into like that, like there, there was so much going on. Like it took us that long to conduct the interviews, do our analysis um, and write the article.
0: Well, there's a, a constant theme. Like there's two themes I see. Like one is around care in general. And then the other theme I really think that you drew out and you talk about in a few da- ways is visibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's being... Uh, invisible with uh, how we spend time visi- visibly seeing your colleagues so, so there's that site element and then mm-hmm. the far long view sites that we don't know when this will be over mm-hmm. um i do think it's something that i'm glad that you brought up and as much as this is written in a educause and a higher ed article I think it applies to a lot of us in the learning industries mm-hmm. all over. Um, things aren't going to change right away, even if there are vaccines out. So around the world, some of the first stabs have been going out there. Um, but it's going to be a while before we all got our shots, shots, shots. And mm-hmm. um, this, it could be maybe up to another year before anyone has some return to an office or campus. Um yes. What are you thinking now? And I think this is still timely where it's published. So I'm yeah. glad it came out in December because I think it should yeah. be top of our minds at, at the end of the semester, at the end of the year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I should know uh, like this, this article was written through the lens of learning designers. However, you know, to your, like you said, um, I mean, all staff are experiencing this, but faculty and students are as well, right? Like, you know, everyone is going through some type of compassion fatigue and burnout. And I should, you know, we we started out talking about burnout and emotional labor. And as I was doing some, you know, some research on that, I some of the stories that I was hearing from colleagues were, How they were experiencing being like a support system for their peers, the faculty they were working with, their family, their students, to the point where you're kind of like taking on the other person's trauma. And I discovered in doing a little bit of research that that's actually called compassion fatigue, and it's been very common um, in for like psychologists and psychiatrists that they that they go through this experience.
0: Yeah, and it's something that we see in other kind of care fronts. So I think social workers deal with this. We, yep. we see this at our frontline workers and hospitals, but some people's roles and there's no shortage of them in higher ed that to go above and beyond. And even where we're seeing people are doing things that they normally are doing. Like who really mm-hmm. wants to track where COVID tests are on a campus? Who really wants to ensure that PPE is delivered, monitored, and used in every office? Like that's yeah. something that's like not part of your healthcare. Healthcare, public health care job description is not part of what we normally do day to day, but yeah. it's now an added piece of work plus the concern and worry of yourself and those around you. Like getting a, a glass of ice water isn't an easy task to do in an office anymore. Like it's if yeah. you are going to the office or maintaining how people are doing um besides seeing them in like a little box on the screen at a meeting is really a challenge. Yeah.
1: And I think you know, you talked about the invisible time, it, it, it continues to be maybe less so now that people are experiencing it, but there, you know, there continues to be this perception that you kind of magically go from thinking about creating an online course to having it done. And most, especially, you know, people, a lot of people in like leadership and administration don't realize the number of hours it takes and all, you know, and all the different things that go into it, right? The design, the technology, the media, graphic design, and understanding of all the technology. Um, and, you know, depending upon, like, I mean, where I am, we're really lucky. You know, I, I was able to hire um, several online learning fellows who are recent um, graduates from the School of Ed, and we were able to hire some temporary learning design Um, positions and project managers. So, I mean, we we were really lucky that we were able to staff up, but a lot of people are, are in places where they're like a team of one, right? And so they have to learn all of these things and skill up on all of these things. And, you know, there's a lot of invisible time in learning all of these, you know, new tools and technology and, you know,
0: design techniques. Yeah. And and what we're not seeing is people like flailing and like struggling and um, really confused or aren't sure of the expectations or communication. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think um, something of what you said that really struck me me at the end is you actually brought up communication twice and we can't stress the value of over communicating and being Mm -hmm. transparent and being open. So people will come to you to talk about, you know, what's not working or how they're struggling. Like I, I'm very grateful um, that I have a, a team and a manager that's like, okay with me saying, I don't know what I'm doing or I need help because it's not easy to join a group and team. Now, some some of your team members have probably been hired as remote workers, right? And uh, what do you do when you can't team in person, in an office in a conference room, and also just pop over to someone's desk to ask them a question, if that's yeah. what was your status quo before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, as as we move, there's so many unknowns, right? As we move into next year, um, I think you're right. Like a lot of people are working remote now and a lot of people have moved. And so what's going to happen when people get called back to campus? Like some people have moved, you know, I, I was talking to somebody at another institution and like, you know, they moved out of state. And so it's unclear you know what's going to happen Be to some universities require like staff for example to live like within the state that they're in um, or you have to like be on campus a certain number of hours a week so i think that's a wondering of you know what those remote positions are going to look like and you know a good outcome of this certainly has been people are seeing the value of learning designers And the the services for teaching and learning centers are, you know, becoming more and more in demand. So I think, you know, again, it's a question for leadership and administration, you know, like, do they want to continue to support this right for groups that did staff up? Do they really recognize the value of these teams to their university and to the student experience? And are they going to look, you know, are they going to be able to continue to have budgets that support this?
0: Yeah, that's a great call out. And I think um, whether it's a learning designer, instructional technologist, instructional designer, we're seeing the value of these roles to help um, faculty and our staff and our learners guide better teaching and learning in general. And that is also included, inclusive of support staff on campus, because Mm -hmm. there's so many more roles that I think people haven't really invested in and put those resources to sustain this work to do it really well. And it's just not something higher ed has invested in general. So can we keep what's there? I also like the idea, like you talk about at the end, which I questions my own skill set, the instructional designers can be perfectionists. I was like, oh, shoot, that's not me. Um, so I will say <laughs> the other thing I've learned in working with a bunch of instructional designers they're not always the one to advocate for themselves or speak out. So I, a lot more people on my team, um, and maybe that's where I'm, I'm wondering if I'm an instructional designer now, Patrice, based on your article, Are they're very <laughs> introverted. They um, are social and great, but they love, you know, t- they'll keep to themselves and they may not speak up in a meeting or mm-hmm. say something to a boss or even in a small team meeting, which they mm-hmm. know really well. Um, so like, I'm the loud mouth that says, are we okay with the following things? And then they thank me later and quiet because I worry about the voices that get heard. If our frontline learning designers and structural designers are out there and being told what to do, how can they be an advocate for themselves and, and speak up if <laughs> they're not sure or they need more support.
1: Yeah. And you know, social media comes in in an interesting way through that mm-hmm. lens. Um, you know, if you're, looking on social media, and you are working, you know, 80 hour weeks, and you're exhausted, And this is more early on in the pandemic. And you see people like, oh, I have so much free time, I'm like doing paint by numbers and reading and whatnot. Um, You know, that was difficult for a lot of people. Um, On the other side of it, you know, when you see everybody else is also working these long hours, I think in some ways, like, nobody wanted to ask for time off. Right, like they were exhausted and they were burnt out. But you looked around you and you said, like everybody else is working really hard. Like, how can I ask for a day off? Like, if I take a day off, somebody else is going to have to fill this for me. Or my colleagues at all these other universities are working this hard. How can I take time off? Right. So there, you know, there almost becomes a perception of that is the expectation that that you work, you know, that you're working
0: that hard. Well, I like that you're modeling. Good behavior around taking time to restore and rejuvenate because I think we can't go forward without a reset. And I, I hope those listening um, are going to take the time. And whether you're in learning experience design or just working in the pandemic, um, I think we can't keep pushing forward without having that reset that I think is really needed. Um, So let's let's talk about that. How are you going to reset over your your two week holiday um, time away from work?
1: so it's it's interesting i've been asked that question many times and realize like oh like like i know i have the time off but i haven't really thought about how i'm going to use the time but i know that when it's over i'll be wondering where it went (laughs) um i can say um my I have a few projects that um, I have been trying to get done around the house. I moved a couple of months ago. And so certainly on my task list is doing a little bit of unpacking and organizing in my house. I also have a few writing projects that I've been trying to work on. um, But I should preface that by, you know, having some uninterrupted time to just write and focus on some of these passion projects um, that is rejuvenating for me, right? Like that brings me joy and I really enjoy that. And I also am hoping to read some um, couple of books and probably catch up on a little Netflix or something.
0: Good for you. I, I think it's hard as I, knowing uh, the people managers I work for and with, uh, you don't have a lot of control over your time. And that's a good thing. That means you're probably a great leader. Um, as an individual contributor, I, I've been thinking about um, things I want to get done in my week off because I've never had a staycation and I think we've joked about this before yeah. offline. And I I I was like, what do you do in a staycation? So I'm trying to be <laughs> I'm not off until later, but I'm trying to like prepare myself intentionally and get things set up. And um this will be my first, sorry, second holiday ever not leaving the US. Um, we usually travel. And so I set up a, a mock holiday tree on my wall and put presents under there. Like my mom did mm-hmm. to Laura from Santa. That's right. I'm gifting myself stuff. And some of the gifts are around like, um, like a ba- nice bath soak or new pajamas or, and just things to read in and do some quiet, like journaling and, uh, maybe some drawing and I'll probably do some audio editing. Cause that's fun for me. Like you said, you want to write, I think some little pet projects we have going on that we want to do. Um, but like taking time to like be just present with people and yep. those that are around, you can be around because yeah. yeah, it's a different, it's a different holiday and break season. I think for everyone. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Definitely. Um, and
1: it is hard. Like I still associate vacation and time off with like going away somewhere. And it, it is hard to think about, maybe that's part of it, right? Like, it's
0: hard to think about, well, what am I going to do just being home? Yeah. I'm going to definitely shut down the office part of my office. And like, if I'm going to do something here, I'm going to ha- bring up another desk and make a creative space that doesn't look like my own that's a desk. Good idea. Yeah. I'm trying to think about ways that like, I'll have my record player up and playing. And I'm just trying to think of different ways to like set the stage. If I'm going to do some different kind of work. So it feels different. And I'm not, not that I'd be tempted to go to my work computer. I can easily ignore work. Um, So I think it's about like creating a fun space and then doing some things with, my um, people and I, I don't love the virtual hangouts but that's all I got these days uh, borders won't open anytime soon so we're thinking about like games and some things we can play with our families because or doing like a recipe with the nieces and nephews maybe making something together is what I'm thinking yeah. about these days yeah
1: yeah I think uh, I mean I'm lucky that Um, well, one, one of my daughters is currently living with me. My son lives super close. And then my daughter who's in New York city is home for a couple of weeks. So, you know, we'll be able to spend some time together, which will be nice, but, um, it is hard not being together with family
0: and friends in the ways that we normally would be during this time. We'll do it this way quietly so we can do it next year together. Exactly.
1: exactly. Um,
0: I guess maybe we should leave on some gratitude um, for things. It's been a tough year and I think we can probably say like we didn't like everything, but is there anything that you're putting out some gratitude to the world that you're thinking, all right, 2020, you, you brought us a lot of stuff, but I'm also grateful for this.
1: Um, the thing that comes to my mind every time I get asked that question is my current team. Um, I have an amazing team and I would never have met these people if not for COVID because the majority of them were, you know, were hired to, to support this work. Um, and they are just passionate and caring and amazing. Um, but also fun. Like, you know, it's just brought, it's just been a really, a really nice, um, experience working with all of them and it's you know the thing that excites me when when I go to work every day to my my little corner office
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey you chose that spot in your house that's your own fault (laughs) um I think that's good I don't know I've been thinking I've got lots of gratitude for a lot of things these days um I think the communities that we're forming around the things we do has really been cool. Like um, I, my work team is awesome. I really, I will say that's great I'm taking a leap and letting them support me. They've been amazing. Um, but the communities I'm forming around, like are this podcast, a couple other podcasts, I have a podcast problem. Um, and projects I'm working on has been kind of fun this year. So like I talked about the coaching community in another episode mm-hmm. I talked about, um, years ed um just the networks that we're kind of building virtually people keep complaining about this virtual hangout but i'm really grateful for those folks that i get to talk with and connect with because i live in a place i don't know anyone well i know four people but we don't see each other so thank you for syncing online yes until next year cheers enjoy the vino um good news we didn't talk about wine in this episode but we have a future episode we talk all about wine clubs so Yes, you'll get year. to hear that one in the new year so okay. cheers all right cheers happy new year happy holidays y'all enjoy it you deserve it
1: to catch the next episode be sure to subscribe to in vino Fab wherever you get your podcasts find us on twitter and instagram at in vino and we'll always welcome comments and messages sent by tweet private message or email at in at gmail.com cheers cheers